Praise the Lord. Time to look to the Word of God. Tonight the message is entitled, Covet to Prophesy. Obviously the word covet is used in a good sense. 1 Corinthians 14, 39 from the KJV. This is the Apostle Paul. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. I don't know if you covet to prophesy, but after tonight, I trust you will. Maybe you're young in the faith and you've never even really looked at this scripture before. After tonight, you're going to say, I'm going to covet, earnestly desire. The word means earnestly desire to prophesy, to speak by the word of the Lord. And so I trust this message will be a blessing tonight. Uh, I admit this message may be a little rough around the edges because of the topic, but maybe the Holy Spirit can help us and smooth out the edges. Hallelujah. Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. The Old Testament prophet Joel, he said, and it shall come to pass afterward. Not in my day, he said. He had delivered this prophecy approximately 800 BC. He said, there's a day coming. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour it out of my spirit in those days. A day coming, Joel foretold of a day when the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all people. And he said the outstanding mark of that outpouring of the Holy Spirit when it comes will be that they will all prophesy. They will prophesy, they will prophesy, young men, old men, sons and daughters, men servants, maid servants, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're in, what your occupation, what your standard of living. God says through the prophet, there's a day coming when all will prophesy. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon them. The word prophesy simply means to speak or sing by inspiration. <clears throat> old Testament word, New Testament word, to speak forth for God, to speak the words of God, to speak the mind of God, specifically to speak or sing by inspiration. The fulfillment of this word, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. You have your individual flame. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 16. Peter stood up that day and said, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He said, this is the fulfillment of that word given 800 years ago. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. 
and on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days and he repeats it and they shall prophesy so they're gonna speak they're gonna sing by inspiration there's going to be a supernatural word upon their lives and upon their lips their heart is gonna pour over with the words of the Lord there's going to be ecstatic spiritual utterance flowing out of them, language they never even knew was there, but it's there by the Holy Spirit. Now the Bible says when they were filled, they began to speak. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit rests upon our lives powerfully, something takes place, and the Bible says we begin to speak. There's language that flows out of us. Ephesians 5.18 says, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation or excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. When people are filled with the Holy Spirit, they begin to speak differently. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, that is, unrehearsed melodies in other tongues and in known language. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking. 1 Corinthians 14, 3, but he who prophesies speaks. When the Spirit of God comes upon us and they shall all prophesy, what happens? We begin to speak. And what do we speak? He who prophesies, he who speaks by inspiration. He who sings by inspiration, they speak edification and exhortation and comfort. Edification to build up, exhortation to stir up, comfort to cheer up. When the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, there will be a change and we will begin to speak. We will build up, we will stir up, we will cheer up. Cheer up. Numbers eleven twenty nine. what a word this is. Then Moses said to him, Are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. That was the word of the Lord back in Moses' day, 1500 B.C. He said, Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets. Here we are, 3,500 3, years later, and this word is as powerful and strong and compelling as it was back then, because that was the desire of the heart of God. Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets, that they would speak, that they would sing by inspiration, they would declare the word of the Lord, they would overflow with the promises of God. The utterance of God would be in their mouth. I like this quote, the spiritual temperature is to be high in the Christian community. That's a paraphrase of Romans 12, 11. The spiritual temperature is to be high in the Christian community. Hallelujah. Pentecost marked a new beginning in the work of the Holy Spirit. And it had two outstanding characteristics. It would be universal and it would be permanent. There's coming a day, said God, when my spirit will be poured out on all flesh, all flesh, it will be universal, it will be permanent. Now, as New Testament believers, indwelt and empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can carry a prophetic inspiration at all times. 
And every one of us can even be used in the gift of prophecy direct if we ask the Lord and move in that dimension and be sensitized and covet to prophesy and earnestly desire to be used in the gift of prophecy in the house of the Lord. In the Old Testament, it was not so. Prophetic inspiration was measured in Old Testament times. Now, very clearly, the people of the Old Testament, there are many scriptures, they were indwelt. The Holy Spirit was with them and in them. It's the only way they could serve God, just like us. But prophetic inspiration was measured. And the Holy Spirit, as we read the Old Testament, came upon individuals here and there from time to time. Certain men were anointed of the Holy Spirit. Certain, certain prophets were anointed of the Holy Spirit. We really read only of two instances where the prophetic inspiration was upon the congregation as a whole. One was in the days of Samuel, the schools of the prophets. Continued in with Elijah and Elisha, the schools of the prophets, there was an outstanding prophetic inspiration. The Spirit of the Lord came down on the people in those days. And David's tabernacle on Zion's hill came out of Samuel's schools. And we know what a prophetic inspiration and what divine revelation and what prophesying took place at David's tabernacle on Zion's hill. But it was only for one generation, 35 to 40 years. It seemed in the evolving history of salvation that that prophetic inspiration could be carried on if the people had a heart for it and faith for it. And so we find it at times in the Temple of Solomon and in times of restoration, times of revival, as God brought his people back into a strong relationship with him. But by and large, prophetic inspiration was limited and measured in Old Testament times. But it is the privilege of every New Testament believer to be anointed by the Holy Spirit with a prophetic inspiration that is not only private but public. In private and in public, we walk under the power and inspiration and the word of the Lord. There's an astounding verse in 1 Corinthians 14, 31. The Apostle Paul evidently regarded that Every Christian, every believer in the church could prophesy publicly. He said, for you all may prophesy one by one, that others may learn by the revelation you give, by the scripture that's quickened through your mouth and through your heart. Other Christians are learning and they're being encouraged and comforted and built up. He said, you may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. But he said, we can't have that take place in one service. He said that prophesying would overbalance the service. There's other things that need to be done, preaching and teaching and praying and ministering over people. So he said, in one given service, let's only have two or three prophecies. Two or three people prophesy, and then next service, two or three others, and another service on and on. But he said, this can go out throughout the whole congregation. Anybody in the new covenant that has a heart to prophesy and to be quickened by the Holy Spirit can believe God for that divine unction and impetus upon their lives that they prophesy. 
that they prophesy. They overflow with supernatural words. I don't know about you, but I don't like to live a natural spiritual life. I want to live a supernatural spiritual life. Anointed by the God of heaven, private and public, anointed by the Holy Spirit, an inspiration of God upon our lives. Covet to prophesy. The Bible says this is available to every New Testament believer. It is the goal and the privilege of every New Testament believer to be so anointed with the Holy Spirit that they are overflowing with the words of God, the language of God, the promises of God, and the life of God. Now, in recent weeks, my spirit has been quickened to review and study once again the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Nine specific manifestations are spoken of by the Apostle Paul. Now there are other giftings and callings and ministries of the Spirit. We identify 26 of them in the Bible, particularly in the New Testament as we teach in our Church Life Seminar 2, gifting. 26 different callings, ministries. Some of them are spoken of as ministry gifts, which are the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Those are ministry gifts. They're more resident and developed and contained in a permanent way. Then we have the what are called motivational gifts. Romans chapter 12 is a sample of seven of them showing of mercy and exhortation and financial liberality. There are these other gifts that are developed and manifested through individuals. There are also a few miscellaneous gifts, but then we come to a particular group. They are called manifestation gifts. Manifestations. It means to shine forth. That the Holy Spirit at times will use every one of us to shine forth a specific gift of the Spirit to meet a situation, to help us in time of need, to solve a problem, to bring a healing, to bring a miracle, to bring a word of faith. So let's look at these nine. 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So I don't want you to be unlearned about these gifts of the Spirit. Verse 7. But the manifestation, the shining forth of the Spirit, it's like all of a sudden light brilliantly shines through a lamp and then dies back down. These are the manifestations of the Spirit. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now what does the Bible say? 1 Corinthians 12, 31. But earnestly desire the best gifts. 
And he said, yet I show you a more excellent way. That was the operation and the dispensing of those gifts in a spirit of love and unity, which the Corinthian church was having some strife and power pulls and agendas of the individuals. But he says, I show you this more excellent way. In the spirit of love and unity, we dispense the gifts. But he said, 1 Corinthians 12, 31, but earnestly desire the best gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now notice verse 31, but earnestly desire the best gifts. What are the best gifts? Well, Paul clearly says some of these nine are the best. Out of the nine, and has been evidenced and put forth, three are the best. There are nine gifts. Three gifts of revelation, three gifts of power, three gifts of utterance. And the leading gift in each of those categories is the best gift. And then he said there is one gift that is superior to all. He said the greatest gift that you can covet, it's the only gift that we're told directly, covet, to prophesy, earnestly desire, yes, but he pointed it out, he marked it out, covet to prophesy. To the Apostle Paul, prophesying was the greatest gift of all. Again, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy especially that you may prophesy, that you can overflow and speak and sing by inspiration and you're prompted by the language of the Holy Spirit within. It's inspired utterance. He said this is the greatest gift. 1 Corinthians 14, 39. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Brethren, church, desire earnestly to prophesy. Begin to call out on God. Lord, I covet to prophesy. Come and put language inside of me. Come and speak through me by inspiration. Let language flow out of me that's going to be a blessing and pour out life day after day, not only upon me, but upon my family and upon others. Why is prophecy the greatest gift? As Paul evidently regarded it. Why is prophecy the greatest gift? Well, one reason may be that it is the gift that is needed as a medium or a means for the other gifts. I mean, the gift of faith comes, it needs a voice. Prophecy, the greatest gift. A word of wisdom may come, a word of knowledge may come. It needs a voice. And so you speak by the prophetic voice. That may be one reason. Another reason may be that it has the greatest coverage. You know, when the other gifts of the Spirit are worked out and manifested, they touch one individual here and one individual there. But when a person prophesies, especially in the gift of prophecy before an entire congregation, 500, 1,000, 2,000 people can be built up, edified, stirred up, encouraged, and comforted by the Spirit of the Lord. It's got the greatest coverage. Paul says, covet to prophesy, earnestly desire the gifts, but... Desire to prophesy. Pursue the gifts, but desire to prophesy. Or it may be that 
The gift of prophecy is the one constant that can be in our life, the prevailing gift. If you're used in the gift of faith on occasion in your life, it'll be for a season and a time, or maybe for a moment as you declare a word of faith. If you're used in the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, if God uses you in a gift of healing, it's for the moment. It's for this person or that person. But prophecy is the one gift that can remain upon our life day and night. We can be used in the gifts of healing. We can be used in word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. And it comes and goes. But we can walk around all day long under the power of a prophetic inspiration upon our lives. It's the greatest gift of all. It's the greatest gift of all. And Paul evidently regarded it such for a reason. So I trust by the Holy Spirit that our hearts are being stirred tonight. I'm going to covet to prophesy. I'm going to earnestly desire to prophesy. Lord, I, I desire spiritual gifts. I need to be stirred up again. Maybe you haven't thought about the gifts of the Spirit for a long time. To even be used of them, in them. To let the Holy Spirit flow through your life in some manifestation of his blessing for others but right now you're saying lord i i'm earnestly desiring the gifts of the spirit and i want the best gifts i want the gifts at the leading category of every list that's there and i want to prophesy i want to speak the word of the lord prophesy prophesying it's such a broad field of coverage this inspired utterance this language of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't just confine itself to the gift of prophecy or somebody speaking it a direct, you know, thus says the Lord. This prophetic spirit is to be on us day and night. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and they shall prophesy. They will speak by inspired utterance. The Holy Spirit will be impelling them and empowering them so language flows out of them, praise and worship and declaration and the word of the Lord. It's such a vast field. Prophetic utterance, prophetic edification, building up the temple of the Lord. A wise woman builds her house, but a foolish plucks it down. We've got prophetic edification in us. We're about one thing, to build the house of God, to build up the saints, to build up the kingdom. Prophetic exhortation. There's an urging in our voice. There's a, an impelling. There's a stirring as we speak with people to help drive them down the path of righteousness and walking with God. There's a prophetic comfort in us that we know how to speak to people in times of sorrow and bereavement and they they feel the peace and the love and the rest of the holy spirit they feel the anointing come upon their life to make it through trial and difficulty how about prophetic fellowship didn't our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures i love prophetic fellowship when the word of the Lord begins to be shared and we talk about the things of God and the testimony of Christ and our hearts begin to burn, there is prophetic fellowship, prophetic blessing, prophetic encouragement, 
prophesy in the home. The prophetic spirit in the home. Father and mother and teaching and training the children, prophesying in the home, speaking the words of God, speaking the promises and life of God so that children grow up strong in the faith and have courage to serve the Lord and they're devoted to the kingdom of God and to the ministry of the saints. Prophetic praying. The Bible says pray in the Spirit. You know what it's like when you start praying and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to pray through you, the Bible says, and you're caught up with utterance and you're caught up with praises and you're caught up speaking in other tongues and groanings and gushings of the Spirit, as Romans 8.26 says. The Holy Spirit begins to make intercession through us and for us calling in the will of God upon our lives, our situations, our families, the kingdom, the earth. You can tell when you start praying by the Holy Spirit, when prophetic prayers start to move upon you, and there's utterance, and you're calling out on God, and there is a cry from the deepest part of your being. Prophetic worship. Prophetic worship. Now, we experience a fairly steady covering of prophetic inspiration in this house, thank God. Come in here and we know the ways of the Lord and he's taught us how to enter into his presence like Zion's Hill and David's Tabernacle and the schools of the prophets and we come in and we begin to worship. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We come in and we begin to pray and begin to pour out our hearts and what happens pretty soon the Holy Spirit is actively involved with us covet to prophesy and the Holy Spirit is actively involved with us and we're not just singing songs all of a sudden we're making declarations and we're calling dead things to life and we're prophesying to dead bones and we're dancing on injustice and we're breaking the power of the enemy and we're bringing release and comfort and healing prophetic worship prophetic worship what about speaking in tongues they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Speaking in tongues of the nine gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues is the one gift reserved for the new covenant. You can find every other gift multiplied times in operation in the Old Testament, but the one gift that God reserved for the new covenant with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was speaking in other tongues. Why live as an Old Testament believer when you can live as a new? Ask God to fill you with the Spirit. Ask God for an Acts 2, 1 to 4 experience. Begin to hunger and thirst. Jesus said, if you, begin, if you thirst, come to me and drink, and out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit, which was not yet given, but on the day of Pentecost it was. And now it's the privilege and opportunity of every New Testament saint to speak with other tongues, life and language flowing out of us. What about prophetic preaching? 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 says, quench not the spirit. Then it says, despise not prophesyings. Hold fast to that which is good. He said, prove all things, prove all things. Test and judge what's being preached and prophesied and hold fast to that which is good. Sometimes the human element can get in. 
But he said, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying. Historically, men of God have included prophetic preaching in with that verse. Despise not preachings. Despise not prophesyings. Now there is preaching that is prophetic. Not all preaching is, but some is. And when men of God are inspired by the Holy Spirit with direct revelation and power, there is an utterance that comes by the Holy Spirit and a revelation and a change and a transformation upon the house of God and the people of God, and the gospel goes forth. Despise not prophesying. It may not refer directly to prophetic preaching, but it definitely includes it. The Bible says then Peter, standing up with the eleven, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, a prophetic message, a prophetic anointing that day, and 3,000 souls got saved as they came to the knowledge of Christ. The Bible says in another passage that Peter, filled with the Spirit, stood up and he addressed the leaders of the people and the rulers. The Bible says in Acts 4.31, that the people came together, the people of God, to pray. They assembled, they were praying. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They were all filled with the Spirit, a fresh infilling. And they went out and spoke the Word of God with boldness. The Apostle Paul said that he spoke by prophetic inspiration. He spoke by the Spirit. He said, when I came to you, to the Corinthians, he said, I didn't come with motivational speaking, and I didn't come with a devotional talk, and I didn't come with a little homily of some sort. He said, I, I did not come with these words of man's wisdom and charisma of man and words that would appeal to the ears of man that could apply to anyone. He said, I came in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, making known unto you the power and the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Came unto you with demonstration of the Spirit and of power. There is prophetic preaching. So the Bible says, covet to prophesy. Let's get a broad coverage of this prophetic anointing upon our lives. Now in the Old Testament, and I bringing us back into this, that when people were filled with the Holy Spirit, in the Old Testament, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the outstanding characteristic was that they prophesied. They prophesied. There were other things, but the prevailing principle, when people in the Old Testament were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak out with supernatural utterance. And the Holy Spirit took that outstanding characteristic, that prophetic anointing, that inspiration, and he carried it through as the mark and the defining characteristic of the new covenant. And that's why the Bible says, they shall prophesy, and they shall prophesy. Let's look at Numbers chapter 11. This is the Old Testament, verse 16. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather to me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tabernacle of meeting, that they may stand there with you. Then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take of the Spirit. I will take of the Holy Spirit that is upon you and will put the same upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you. 
that you may not bear it yourself alone. Verse 25. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the spirit rested upon them that they prophesied. They began to speak by supernatural utterance. Words began to flow out of them. Words were quickened in them. Promises of God, declaring the power of God. Although they never did so again. That one night they prophesied. But we see the limitation of the old covenant. The Spirit came down and rested and lifted. But these men prophesied. Then it says, but two men had remained in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad and the name of the other Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them. Now they were among those listed, but who had not gone out to the tabernacle. Yet they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. So Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, one of his choice men, answered and said, Moses, my Lord, forbid them. Then Moses said to him, Are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. When the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. 1 Samuel 10, 5 to 11, the word to Saul as he was chosen king over Israel by Samuel. Samuel said, After that you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is, and it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. That was a high-level worship service. The musicians were there, the minstrels were there, the instruments were there, and the people were walking about. It was a Jesus walk, a march for Jesus, walking around through the community, walking out into the land of Israel. It needed some reviving, and the Bible says they were prophesying. They were singing songs, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. They were declaring things. They were making prophetic statements. The whole company was prophesying. These came out of the school of the prophets. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, Saul, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And it will be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. So it was when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And it happened when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets that the people said to one another, What is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? He is now. How about if people would say that about you or me? Is so-and-so, are they among the prophets? What happened to that person? 
I knew that person when he was a young man. I knew that person when he was a teenager. I knew that person a few years ago. I can't believe what's happened to them now. Are they among the prophets? They've got a changed heart. They've got a new day. They've got a new life. They're prophesying because the Spirit of the Lord is upon them. Their language is different. Their mouth used to be full of cursing and negativity and criticism and bitterness. Now they're flowing like a fountain. They're flowing in the clear, crystal, clear rivers of God. They're speaking life. They're speaking blessing. They're speaking the goodness of the Lord. The promises of God are on their lips. Is Saul also among the prophets? Luke 1, 45, And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice. When you're filled with the Spirit, you will prophesy. She spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Luke 1, 46, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation, prophesying, prophesying, because the Holy Spirit filled those women of God. That was Old Covenant. That's before Pentecost. The Spirit fell, and they prophesied. Luke 1, Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Covet to prophesy. It's the greatest of all the gifts. Saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And on it went. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, our language changes. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, anoint us, change us so that out of our mouth will flow blessing there will be words down inside of us we never knew were there the river of the holy spirit begins to flow and brings blessing and life and goodness wherever we go the bible says covet to prophesy how about this week you wake up tomorrow morning and say I'm going to let my mouth be filled with the praises of the Lord from the moment I wake up. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Let's begin to praise the Lord. Let's begin to declare the promises of God. Men servants and maid servants to prophesy. It doesn't matter where you work. 
men servants and maid servants the most menial of tasks and duties that you could find and yet the bible says wherever they are out in the workforce of this world there's going to be a spirit upon them they won't even notice the drudgery of their work as much because the anointing is upon them and they'll be praying and they'll be prophesying and they'll be touched by a prophetic inspiration that's the promise of god that's the promise of god the privilege and opportunity for every one of us to develop and grow and have that quickening life spirit in us so we're filled with the words and the power of god worship team come let's close out with these beautiful words concerning jesus john 1 32 and john bore witness saying i saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and the holy spirit remained upon him the holy spirit remained on jesus he didn't come and go he stayed on jesus jesus was filled with the spirit and the bible says in the next verse that john said i was told by the spirit that the person on whom the holy spirit rests remains and abides he is the one who will baptize all people with the Holy Ghost and fire. John 6, 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. They're spiritual. They're life-giving. They transform. They change. They bring blessing. They bring truth. They bring cor correction. They lead us in the paths of righteousness. Let's stand together tonight. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to come upon us in a fresh way. Filled with the Spirit. Full of the Spirit. The spiritual temperature is to be high in the, spiritual, in the Christian community. So every one of us a spirit earnestly desiring the best gifts. But as Paul said, there's one gift above all. It goes with you day and night. It's that spirit of prophecy. It's that prophetic inspiration. You can live under that anointing and presence and power of God. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to develop in us more and more. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to increase his language in us more and more. We might grow and be filled more and more with the Holy Spirit of God.